Hello and welcome to Herbology. I'm Anne. And I'm Kevin. And in this particular podcast, we are going to be discussing the episode Landslide, Season 1, Episode 11. Wow, we've gotten pretty far already. This one is uh, written by James Hurst and Ramona Barkert, and it's directed by Peter Stebbings, and it aired on June 10th, 2016. Yes, and for those who are new to the podcast, welcome, but also spoiler warning, uh, we are going to cover anything and everything that's aired in any of the One on Herb episodes. So it was fun on Twitter. There was someone mentioning they found our podcast, but they were only in season one. So I had to politely say, don't listen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if that's you or if it's anyone else jumping in, that's why we put that spoiler warning there. There are still folks finding Earth. There are still folks just going through it. So we want to make sure not to spoil it. This week when I watched my behind the scenes for this episode, it was the first time I noticed this big warning at the beginning of it saying, stop. This is going to spoil everything for the episode landslide. Do not go forward. and You've been warned. Yeah, well, obviously, it's some big stuff in this one for sure. huh? So time to start making sure folks don't uh, uh, watch the behind the scenes before they watch the episode. Because if you are subscribed like on iTunes, you know, they both download at the same time. If you just might have been someone who likes to dabble into the behind the scenes. They wanted to make sure you had seen the episode first. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're just tuning in, uh, results are in, it's Willa. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Huh? DNA confirmed. (laughs) It's a match. Congratulations. It's a baby girl. (laughs) There you go. Speaking of congratulations, too, before we go deep into discussions, wanted to put out a big congrats. Uh, Folks have been listening all along. You know, we Gave away a signed Funko Pop signed by Mel. And our winner uh, ended up being listener Allison from Utah. So congrats. Your pop is on its way. Yeah, we had a lot of entries. That was super fun. And I'm so glad we we have the opportunity to give away some fun prizes like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was neat when Ann and I talked about it, saying rather than do something that we post on Twitter, and then there might be folks who actually aren't listening to join. Not that, you know, we don't want to see folks get a shot at it. But we thought, hey, let's do this one. Strictly for folks who are actually listening. And, you know, there were a lot of you that jumped in and entered. So thank you. And, uh, you know, stay tuned. Hopefully we'll be able to find some more cool stuff to give away for you folks. Ah, so should we dive into this one? Oh, heck yeah. Ugh. Willa. Willa's Willa. back. Never Willa. saw that one coming. Nope, not at all. Kudos again to Emily and the writing team for having that in the plan all along. Yeah, in the behind the scenes, she says it right there that... Uh, it was a, a twist that she had planned from the beginning, and she thoroughly enjoyed watching the cast's faces as they they read through that script. Yeah, and how about all of us, too, man? That was, again, kudos. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. Yeah, and it, it, again, we, we had a pretty good idea by the way it ended last week with Gus you know, dropping her drink and saying, Willa. Anything could have happened, but I, I know I felt pretty positive that like, of course it's Willa. This is, I didn't see it coming, but now that it's here in front of me, yes, this is, why not just throw this into the, the mix, right? Oh, and doesn't it upset the apple cart in all so many directions? Oh, it shakes up a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> whole lot of stuff. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, Waverly is a little put off by this. She's like, a, a little, I couldn't <sighs> help but notice even more so this time around. Man, right? Is, yes. But we also don't yet have some of the backstory that we're going to get in some coming episodes about just how cruel Willow was. So, right. but I definitely noticed it here in this one. I mean, physically and any chance she got to kind of like poo poo it or, you know, yeah, she, she jumped on it. The nicest girl in purgatory is not seeming very nice right now. <laughs> well, she has good reason, as we will find out. But yeah, it's definitely a little uh, unusual to see her like this. Well, it's going to come as no surprise to you, but I'm 100% team Waverly in this circumstance. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think almost all of us are, but uh, understandable, understandable. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. And she's she's really intuitive. Even she says things right in the beginning about like how, you know, her being here could be dangerous. Uh, and that's just right from the get go when they find out that it's a match and, and she's she's long lost Willa or mm. presumed dead Willa. Yeah. And I can't help but notice, too, at the very beginning again, how much Winona repeats how they gave up looking for us. So how much of an impact that still has on. Her. Yeah. So much guilt, just like. Yeah especially you know they had kind of put it to rest and as sad as that is it's like that they had that closure and to now then bring that back up for her to have that like survivors kind of guilt but brought to the the front again about like you know how yeah how they gave up mm -hmm. the yeah this a whole mix of emotions in the, this whole episode and going through this time again not that i caught like any like big like whoa i didn't see you know that little tiny nugget or or what have you any big revelations but just i remember being so caught up in wayhot's development that I, yes, I was paying attention to the story. I mean, how can you not pay attention to Willow returning? But there are all these other things in the story that I don't think I gave as much time to the first time through because I was, my main focus was that way hot story. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it's really nice to go back through again and to like look at, again, the big picture and the whole story and see just how it all plays out. Oh, absolutely. Like we've talked about so many times, being able to have a slightly different perspective each time, just again, it's for the rich rewatch and the, the chance to look at all of the story elements, not just the ones we first gravitate to. Now, when Dolls is saying, you know, I, I had a buddy do, um, do me a big favor down at the, I've got a buddy down in the forensics lab who did a no questions asked favor. Do you think that could be Jeremy? Hey, look at that's a connection I hadn't put there. I don't know that Jeremy's title was exactly forensics. I don't, but he just, he did a little bit of everything, I think. Yeah. I, lo I love that idea. And I hadn't thought of that at all. So good angle to come from. Let's just pretend it's true. <laughs> there we go again. <laughs> Head cannon. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. And then we, we've just got a whole lot of, you know, this, this Winona just being very compassionate and remorseful and, and just like looking at Willa and then you've got Waverly just cold, right? Ice cold. And like when Willa wakes up and she's kind of panicked and she's like, oh my God, it's real. I killed a man. He got pulled into the ground. <laughs> Waverly's like, he didn't get pulled into the ground. You sent him to hell. She's just like <laughs> so cold. 
Doesn't miss a chance to twist the knife. <laughs> yeah, it's right from the get-go. And Wainoni even looks at her like, seriously, you're going to do this right now? You went there? You went yeah. there? <laughs> and she's like, well, she did. <laughs> yeah. Not like I'm lying or anything. Yeah, it's, this, and it's it's funny because it's like the flip in this episode, right? It's like usually you got Winona saying these kind of little diggy things, and Waverly being this more compassionate one, and now you have Winona being more compassionate. Mm-hmm, definitely flipped it. And then we start to get more of that big picture you had talked about when they go upstairs into Willa's creepily untouched room. Um, it's just like a time capsule and, you know, more of Waverly, just not thrilled with Willa. And then when Willa grabs the teddy bear, Mr. Plumpkins, and she makes that comment about him missing an eye and Waverly gets upset. She grabs him and she's like, yeah, my big sister used to steal him from me and torture him for ransom. And Winona just assumes she's talking about herself and she's like, oh, my bad. And she's like, no, it wasn't you. Yeah. So here we start to see a some of the reasons why Waverly may not be very thrilled that Will is back. Exactly. Yeah. Her memories are, are vastly different from what Winona remembers. Mm. Again, the family dynamic, man. Got to, got to see it from different perspectives. When she, when she finds the switchblade and she's like, Who, what kind of parents give a child a switchblade? She's like, unless I was dangerous. And then I was thinking, were you dangerous? Like, I, there's just, you know, there's that weird, it's not weird. There's just that big debate over like, was Willa a product of the cult upbringing and the kidnapping? Or was she always just mean? Like she was mean before she was, she was mean to Waverly before she was kidnapped and taken to the cult. So it's like, which came first, like the chicken or the egg kind of situation. Yeah. And that young too, you, you got to think in the whole situation with Ward and what he was you know, trying to train her. And did she just emotionally have to pass that on? You know, was that uh, her way of dealing with it? Yeah. And when we find out later, just like, you know, how horrible he was. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, it's, it is interesting to get the third sister, right? Because we didn't have her. She was just like this fairy tale to us up, up until now. And then to see how different each one of them are, just a fun glimpse into like how, you can be brought up in the same environment and end up so completely different. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, for, for me, the big Earp sister fan um, to, to see the dynamic totally blown up mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of episodes here, it just, and it's going to re-strengthen obviously by the you know the season finale. It's just another situation of realizing things change and you don't always know all that's going on. Uh, and it's going to create, you know, I think a stronger bond for Winona and Waverly certainly. This is true. Once we get past this part of it. <laughs> it's the getting past part. It's that's the getting past. Be, yeah. Foo, foo, foo. A couple of episodes, man. <laughs> and then I just had this note about how the music in this short scene when Winona's like, you know, she hates us. And Waverly's like, you know, she doesn't know us. I just thought the music was so good in that scene. And, you know, again, they're they're feeling these different things. Winona's just disappointed, like she failed her. And I don't know, I'm trying to put my finger on what exactly Waverly's feeling. Like, is it jealousy? Is it betrayal? A little bit of fear? Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> a lot of. It's a lot. Suspicious. It's a lot in all of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Waverly excuses herself to go meet Nicole before the poker spectacular. Wayne and I was like, what are you and Nicole best friends now? And Waverly's got that 
hesitation in the doorway, like she's torn, like she kind of wants to say something about the relationship, but she's not sure how it's going to be taken, especially with that comment that, you know, Winona just makes. And, you know, maybe now it's not the best time since her sister's back and there's all this baggage. Um, but I feel bad too, because it's like here, Waverly was on this precipice, like this discovering herself. And now maybe she was going to tell Winona, but now everything's kind of on a back burner because they've got to deal with the Willa situation and all her baggage yep. and, and her being possibly the, the actual heir. And she's kind of just taken center stage. Yeah, that's another example of the oblivious Winona that we have sitting here in season one. I mean, Waverly's dropping hints. <laughs> yeah. And once again, Waverly's just like kind of lost in the shuffle again. Oh, uh, yeah. Very much. Very much, I'm sure, giving her flashbacks to when she was younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was making so much progress and with her relationship with Winona and now Willa. Uh... Uh, and then we start to see just how horrible Kreiderman is. I mean, we had an idea before, but uh, Bobo's making deals with him, talking about how he's stuck in purgatory for another poker spectacular, and that he really needs to find this lead to get out of here. And I guess I never really paid attention to just how badly Bobo wanted out of purgatory before, but he's really in a tizzy over it this time around. Yeah. And this is also the one where he drops the four days. You start to kind of realize, you know, things are coming to a, a very interesting point uh, from the story point of view. Cause then we start, or at least I as viewers going four days, okay, what's four days. And then we start, you know, the writers are doing a great job dropping little things about the solstice and everything mm-hmm. else. So yeah, this came together so much better after the first watch in terms of seeing that, Part of it, as you said, Bobo's desire to try to get out, the fact he's got a date and still is wanting for this lead that he needs to make that happen. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's just like we've got this deadline that he's he's up against that he's working with. Mm-hmm. And then I Googled something that I, I hadn't really paid attention to earlier, too. Kreiderman says that he has six whales coming to town, which yes. I hadn't really paid attention to before, but I Googled it. and. It, I guess a whale is a person who'll spend an incredible amount of money in gotcha type games. So that one of the whales is that business guy that doesn't fare too well with the, the vampire ladies in the seedy motel later on. Uh, That's being very generous. (laughs) I mean, what happened to him? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm not going to go into detail. Yeah. That was a pretty, yeah. Yeah. Here we go again. More horror from season one. Yeah, there are quite a few in this one. I was like, oh, yeah. good. that's yeah. a lot. I guess I never realized they were vampires either. Because typically um, I think of a vampire going for someone's neck, but that's not the general region <laughs> these ladies went for. Well, they're like a combination though, too. I mean, it's kind of like they're, they're, they're succubus and vamp- mm-hmm. vampires. It's a combination nice. there. Because, I mean, they have the way to control men mm-hmm. or control people at first. So there's, there's definitely a, a succubus part there. They're like a hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. Some combination, (laughs) you know, and, and twins too. So, you know, yeah, gotta really make them special that way. But like you said too, this, this whole storyline really drives home the Kreiderman is dirty and bad thing because this poker spectacular sounds like every year they bring in a whale or two to kill them and get the money, which funds a lot of the other stuff they shouldn't be doing. So it's Mm -hmm. like, Whoa, okay. We got a regular recurring theme here. Yeah. And again, like nobody notices like businessmen come into town and then getting killed every like yearly. Uh, no, apparently not. 
Apparently not. It is purgatory and people want to look the other way as we're going to find out. <laughs> I don't know. I usually when I buy a house, I check like the crime index before I move, but whatever you do. Yeah, but you. I'm sure a lot of this crime is being reported. This is true. They Relating to purgatory at least. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? It's, it's scary and it's purgatory all at the yeah. same time. It's, it's, but we love it. Now let's talk about these green kryptonite like crystals that Kreiderman gives Bobo. Mm -hmm. Now we know that he ends up manufacturing them into the poison that goes into the champagne. Yep. But we never find out what those are, do we? I don't think so. I think it's just going to be our way of seeing that he's he's getting something. And then by the time we have that reveal about the poison, I think you just say, oh, that's the substance used. Because we're also going to have the other part play out with Doc and all Right. So I just assumed it's just, okay, that must be the base for the poison, whatever But it is. also super fun. I was like, what are those? Are they from a mine? Like, you could have a whole story just about, like, where he got those things. Yeah, yeah. By, especially by the end of this episode, first watch, it's like, okay, I have no idea what he just gave. What, you know, what yeah. is it? So it brings that fun, like, I don't know. I thought very kryptonite when I saw them. It's like it's mm, very supernatural yeah, it's, it's good, element to it yeah. versus just like some white powder substance drug or something, right. you know? Yep. Good, good observation. And then again, just another like real survivor's guilt moment with Winona and Gus drinking and talking about Willa. And we get a little bit of an idea of what it looked like when she was taken where Winona's like, you know, I think we just gave up way too easy. And the last time I saw her, she was being pulled out of a window and you know, I didn't do anything. And Gus is like, that's not exactly how it went down. You know, we searched and searched. And after six months of searching, they did find part of Willa's nightgown coated in dried blood. So it's like, you know, one of those presumed dead types of things. And then Gus just mentions that it was on a Thursday and she remembers this because Winona had just been released from St. Victoria's for trying to burn down her classroom. So we get more of Winona's backstory and one of the reasons why she was doing one of her stints in St. Victoria's. Yeah. It's those, you know, paper mache demons, man, you know, get you every time. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that was a little harsh, <laughs> but, but again, another insight into how tough Winona had it when she was younger. I mean, she's a kid trying to create something for an assignment that she thinks is real. And the teacher is totally freaking out. Also valid. <laughs> Right. And um, it was real. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. And I don't know if this was on purpose, but this is going to be another one of my headcanon. Um, for those of you that are Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans, you'll recall that in the early part of the Buffy story, she got in trouble for burning down the high school gym that she was at. So I don't know if they kind of let a little nod there to let talk ah. about why I don't burn down I'm taking it, but that's just me. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you because I can see where you would take that. <laughs> and there's so much uh, inspiration that comes from some of the earlier shows too. So I'm sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Willa wants the truth and she's like, you know, give it to me. So Will, uh, Winona takes her out shooting and while Winona's shooting and drinking, uh, she basically just tells her everything, you know, about the demons, the curse, the revenants, um, you know, what their powers are. And then Willa flat out asks her, are there any angels? Ah, yes. That was the, that was the ding, 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 ding moment from this episode for me. And I was like, what? It, like, I don't remember what Winona's face was like. And she's 
at this point, nobody has any suspicion, right? Like, why, why would we? And Winona just jokes and she's like, sure, snow, Charlie's and loss. <laughs> and I got to tell you that line, I, I don't remember that from until this watch. Right. Because we're just so focused on like, <laughs> is she going to take the gun? Can she shoot the gun again? Like, what is going yeah. on? Is she going to be the heir now? Yeah. Uh, but I like it because Willa's like, I really liked this line because Willa's like, yeah, how can you think this is funny? And my note is like, how can you not think this yeah. is funny? This, this is our curse. This is this burden. If you don't laugh, you'll go crazy. And I've been crazy and I didn't care for it. So it's like she adheres to that whole philosophy of like, if we don't laugh, we'll kind of cry type of thing. And I get it. I like it. Well, and it's her coping mechanism, mm-hmm. right? I mean, between that and, and the drinking. I mean, you can, you can appreciate it. If you try to truly put yourself in her shoes and everything that happened to her when she was long, excuse me, young and everything she's doing now, man, if you don't drink a little and laugh a little, you will just go crazy permanently. The absolute absurdity of all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a nice like chuckle, but if you think about it, man, (laughs) Hmm. dark, very dark. And for a moment, I, what Willis says next, like I felt a little bit of compassion because Willa looks at her and she's like, you know, you hate having to do this. And Winona says, what would it make me if I didn't? Hmm. And, you know, this is where Winona reveals that, you know what, it was supposed to be Willa. And then Willa has a flashback where she, or Willa takes Peacemaker and this kind of lends, you know, brings this flashback memory to her. And it's Ward at 4 a.m. on a school night. And he's you know, screaming at her saying, you know, if you don't do this, if you don't pay attention and, and practice for what's about to come, your friends, your sisters, everyone's going to be slaughtered. And then all the memories just start coming back to her. And she calls Winona Nona and they hug it out and Willa fires Peacemaker. And you can just kind of see Winona's face is like, oh shit, like she's better than me. Yeah, the, the doubt. I mean, it, and it's a great thing from a story point of view to see because we're seeing all of the concern, the doubt, the anger that Waverly has had with her being back uh, based on what happened when they were younger. And now Winona's concern with her back is more in the present of, oh, crap, I'm no longer the heir. I'm no longer anybody. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, Willa's impact on both of them is, is kind of similar, but in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like... Winona had so much resistance to like, oh crap, I got to do this. And then now, you know, she's finally in her groove. She's like embraced what she has to do. And then to have it come maybe to a screeching halt, it's like, okay, well now what, what does that mean? Yeah. What, what does all this mean to me? You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of what's happening in all directions. I think that's what we were all asking too. Like, what now? Is yeah. two heirs? <laughs> is, is she going to be the new star of the show? What's happening? I really like this Winona chick. And and to kind of look at our uh, longtime fandom discussions about Peacemaker and its potential, you know, being sentient and, mm-hmm. and making decisions on its own. I mean, it's allowing Willa to shoot and Winona to shoot within seconds of each other. There's no. Yeah, it's not like it turned off for Winona. Turning off on one of them. Yeah, no. So it's totally comfortable with either of them wielding it and then remember how doc was last seen leaving town well here he is broken down on the side of the road and a good samaritan stops to help him out one carlo whose initials i like to call jc jc (laughs) but not that jc but who knows right (laughs) right 
I was That's like, wait a minute. Yeah, one color I always I like JC. It just seems to give me more of a smile thinking about meaning of things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But- uh and uh Bridget asks um Emily in her postmortem, who was the good Samaritan who helped fix Doc's car? And Emily says, I think the question is not so much who is Juan Carlo as what is Juan Carlo. Yeah. He seems to have a lot of information and some rather strange abilities, but he's clearly not a revenant. He can go back and forth across the Ghost River Triangle. And that's something that really caught my eye this time around. Like, I know the marker was there and I know that doc does the little thing where he's like, Oh, I don't have my keys. Cause I threw him past the marker as this test to see if Juan Carlo is a rev or not. And he passes. So he's safe. But what I didn't notice was doc before that he looks at the ghost river triangle marker and he says, in my maiden trek, my horse should go hooves up exactly here. So did he not know he could leave the triangle? No, I, well, I don't think so. I think this is more of the symbolic side of it. You know, each time, you know, and, and as we know by what we're going to see play out over the whole four seasons, Doc actually talking about doing something, starting to act on it, and then is it truly just bad luck that the car breaks down at the marker, both here at this point in the story and at the end when he gets kidnapped? Mm. I mean, is that just coincidence? Right. <laughs> so is he like, every time I try to do this, something happens? Yeah. Is that Should I take this as a sign? Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Was he like, was he testing himself? But he wasn't crossing the marker the way Juan Carlo was crossing. He wasn't like. No, but I just, to me, the fact that it's right there, you know, even if it's not quote on one side or the other, but the fact that it's within sight, car breaks down come on yeah. you got to take, take that with me right things happen <laughs> in this area Maybe not just once but twice anymore. twice right. in the episode okay <laughs> that's why i say it's got to be something yeah maybe maybe skip that just take a different de- detour doc <laughs> is there Get another road out of purgatory maybe take it <laughs> yeah we don't know <laughs> yeah and that comment just to circle back into what you said mm-hmm. the what part in the postmortem because as we know from the dialogue that's going to go on between jc and doc we kind of know okay this guy knows something yeah i mean he's being very cryptic and and you know making you think and all that and then when when she dropped that in the postmortem and not a who and a what it was like oh man okay here we go (laughs) more story bits to have to kind of go whoa what's going on Mm -hmm. yeah he's i mean i mean throughout you know throughout time we'll find out so much more about him in other episodes but yeah he's one of those characters all the way through that it's like there's you know there could be so much more about him that's just yeah barely touch the surface on that whole situation yeah we're just going to get small pieces you know a little bit more come the last episode and he's going to have an exchange with my owner and with bobo you know so yeah this was just one of those put a pin in this baby (laughs) we Mm -hmm. need more on this yeah he just dashes in and shakes things up and dashes back out for a while yeah. When we have that scene with, um, you know, here you get an Earp sister moment. It's not the Earp sisters that you usually uh, are gaga over, but we have <laughs> we have Waverly and Willa on her bed, and um, 
you know, going through the, the scrapbook of death as <laughs> you know, to close it. And, you know, just talking about like what it was like for Waverly at that time. And she's remembering what the service was like and how the grown-ups let her eat as many marshmallows marshmallows as she wanted. And I couldn't help but fast forward to season four with Waverly and Winona eating marshmallows at the bonfire. Just like I cannot tell you how happy it makes me that you brought that up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I saw it, but I'm like, okay, let it come out natural. (laughs) Oh, and um, also how uh, Waverly's like, you know, I ate so many, I got sick or I threw up all night long. And then the delivery of Natalie Krill, when she says, gee, that must have been so hard oh, for you. She is just beautiful in the delivery of that. And I'm like, okay, good point. You were alive. I was dead. Oh, right. Like, that. oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> boo-hoo for you. Sugary marshmallows. <laughs> well, I was supposedly dead. You're going to cry about that? Yeah. But also when I thought of the bonfire in season four, I remember Dom saying, that they had bought vegan marshmallows for them. Mm. And I think Dom had even said like, oh, I thought I was going to get sick. I ate so many. So it's just <laughs> yes, like part of that. Right. <laughs> real life <laughs> imitating art situation. We go into our battle scene, right? Where dolls and Winona are suiting up to go into the rail yard. I think this is the first time we ever see Winona in a bulletproof vest. And I don't know that we see her in one again but I know I definitely noticed it this time. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But I, I also know. thought it was funny too, because like <laughs> doll, like she gets a bulletproof vest. Dolls has a bulletproof vest and he's in his like combat gear and she has the bulletproof vest on, but still this long, like frou-frou parka. <laughs> like, the only <laughs> thing that she's wearing that's like combat ready is the bulletproof vest. She's got like big fuzzy boots on, big long coat. <laughs> yeah, I'm suspecting it was dolls who said, Hey, uh, regulation, you got to wear this. And she's like, okay, fine. I'll just throw it on over what I got. Exactly. It's fashion first. Right. <laughs> yep. um, but she's really distracted. She's only half listening to everything that he has to say to her. And he realizes it. And uh, he's like, you, you paying attention? You got this? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then right as they get to the door, even after he's asked her, like, you sure everything's fine? She doesn't say anything. Right as they're about to open the door, she's like, I mean, it's just that, you know, daddy trained Willa to do this. And I'm just the drunk off-key understudy. <laughs> so it's like she had her chance at the trunk to like hash it all out. But right when they're about to get into the shit, she's like, I mean, now that you mention it. I do. I'm feeling some feelings. (laughs) Exactly. And, and credit to dolls because both here and, you know, towards the end of the episode Waverly, he's really doing a good job of, 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 you know, standing behind both of them. When you can tell they're both having serious doubts about themselves. Yeah. And he's, and he's got it figured out right away. He like can see that. Okay. I can see why this would be an issue for you. And he even says to her, like, you know, you're good at this and you're only getting better maybe you're just worried that you're, you know, you might get replaced, but he's like reassuring her that you're fine. Your job security is fine. I'm still going to need you still got a job in a doll's kind of way. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Miss a chance to poke fun at her, but it was sincere. That's okay. Cause it was sincere. And so this is where they find the, uh, 
the red-eyed vampire ladies, uh, vampire twins. And, uh, you know, they try to to work their charms on, on dolls and Winona saves the day. And I love how she says, stupid, sexy hair porn. <laughs> she almost <laughs> That's the reason why she missed. In. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I also love her line to the to our to our whale hanging from the hook. You kept your pants on. <laughs> <laughs> That's an understatement of the day. Exactly. It's like oh, things would have been so different for you if you just. <laughs> I don't know that that would have saved him. Quite honestly. <laughs> and when one of the vi- one of the vampire twins kisses dolls because they're doing their charming stuff on him. Um, she says, you kiss different, you're powerful. So there's just like another indicator for us that dolls mm-hmm. is something different. More to get us thinking about, okay, what the heck is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still don't know. Uh, nope. Back at the roadside, JC just happens to have a fan belt for a 76 Lincoln. Are any of us really buying that coincidence? <laughs> Story-wise, Sure. <laughs> Sure, sure. Of course you do. What else you got in that truck? <laughs> he would have told me also had it for a 2000 you know, Trans Am. So whatever right. would have got the story work. I also have something for a Prius. I, I got it. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> uh, and Juan Carlo asks Doc where he's off to. And Doc's like, eh, I'm, a, I'm a drifter. And Juan Carlo says, that's just another word for running. And Doc's like, yeah, that's not really in my nature. And JC says, maybe it didn't used to be, but enough time in the dark can change a man. So he then goes on to say, you know, or maybe it's a woman you're running from. And he talks about like his time at war and how after you compete a mission, you still got to live. And like this guy knows things, right? He's like saying oh, he knows. stuff. He knows what's going on with Doc to a T. That's the spooky part. Yeah, and it's not just randomness that he's spewing. He's no. like getting under his skin. And uh, Big time. when he asks Doc to pull a tool out of his toolbox, Doc finds Wyatt's badge in there, the one that he threw in a fire a couple episodes back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That was more spooky stuff. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he turns around and JC just like poof was already back in the truck. Like, how did he move so fast? magic and so doc's freaked out and he gets in the car and he's like tries to pull his gun on him but he's jc grabs the gun from his hand super fast which doc is like the fastest draw in the west but jc grabbed that gun like faster than doc could even pull it out so he was just outdone by jc uh doc's like who are you and jc says or no he goes who sent you and he's like, I was sent by nobody. I just am. What? Yeah, he starts talking about his associates and a lot of, I mean, it's just dialogue dripping with question after question after question. Cryptic and intriguing. And I still want answers. I still want answers. <laughs> and he starts talking about the timeline too. He's like, listen, you've got four days until the winter solstice four days he starts talking about before the door opens and if this happens she will lose and uh he makes doc make a choice and he's like you can have the fan belt or the badge but you can't have both and you've got to make a choice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i just remember feeling like okay we're getting so many answers here but we weren't (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like you're just waiting for like him to say one more thing that's going to put it all into place for you. And it just never comes. Yeah, you're not getting it here. Nope. And then uh, we've got Waverly and Winona walking down Main Street looking for Willa because Willa stormed out after her talk with with Waverly. And we hear Winona say, I wish Doc were here. And Waverly kind of gives her a look and she's like, well, he bailed on us or no, she goes, he bailed on me. I mean, us. And she just kind of passes it off as like, well, you know, I miss him because he's a good tracker. He like could totally find Willa. But that's not exactly why she misses him. <laughs> not getting reasons. full truce here, are we? <laughs> no. But I love that Waverly immediately looks at her like, I'm sorry, what? You just said you wish Doc were here? But there's even more of a reason why, like, Winona's so in her head in this episode, right? Like, she's got, okay, dead sister is back. Sister she feels like she gave up on. Oh, and she also might be replacing me as the heir. Something she hated doing, but, like, felt like she had a sense of purpose of. And then, oh, the man that she maybe is falling in love with and at the time was currently pregnant with story-wise, but not in real life-wise, <laughs> because she would have been pregnant there story-wise, but it's way too early to be written into anything. But I'm just thinking story-wise, like, yeah, you got a lot on your mind, girl. You got a lot on your mind. Very it true. Blows my mind that like story timeline wise story wise if you go backwards she's pregnant there in real life she's not impregnant and in real life written into the story she's not pregnant yet do you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's a lot of pins <laughs> up on that corkboard. <laughs> when we go backwards later when we go forwards and then we go backwards later on here she would have been pregnant <laughs> and has got a cover uh. I'm not on psychotropics. I swear. It's just lucid. I'm very lucid. Um, I also love that as they're trying to figure like where Willow would be, they see the sign on the lamppost or what have you for the bar and that Bobo never renamed it. It just is called shorties slash Bobos. That's right. <laughs> Keep all the marketing materials. Just add Bobo's to it. Why reinvent the wheel? Bobo's a <laughs> right. smart businessman. And he's it's a revenant that... bar anyway. You know, we don't need to have its own little no. name. I'm There's no to... need for a grand reopening or any of that crap. No, keep your name recognition. I'll meet you at Shorty's slash Bobo's. <laughs> <laughs> and they do. They find <laughs> Willa there at the bar <laughs> with a revenant just waiting to prey on her. And she's doing shots, very herptastic of her. And her delivery of the line here is just so good. And I was laughing so hard at just what an underrated set of lines this was, where she says, just deadpan, I don't even know what I like. I was living in a cult in the woods. We drank tea made from dandelions. <laughs> I saw that you tweeted that and I'm like, yeah, I know that feeling. You get a line in the show and you just, oh my goodness, I have to have to share this. Oh, I was just like, that is so good. <laughs> and I know I didn't appreciate it then, but I'm so appreciating it now. Just like, just drunk and just like, I don't even know who I am. Like, who am I? What do I like? <laughs> well, you know, to her credit a few days ago, like you said, she was 
you know, hanging around in the hippie cult, having, having tea. And now she's at a revenant bar doing shots. <laughs> she found out she's the heir. Yeah. And like, yeah, there's yep. a lot. Devils happening. are real, all this other stuff. It's, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot. Even, I mean, for an herb. <laughs> Even for Talk an about resilient. Yeah. Winona says, I hate it when I'm right. Waverly's like, what? You love it when you're right. She's like, <laughs> I meant sober. I hate when I'm sober. <laughs> and so uh. she grabs a half-drank mug of beer off a tray as a waitress walks <laughs> by and drinks it. That was it. like, whoo. <laughs> Talk I'm not even the- I'm not even sure I want a clean glass behind that bar, let alone a glass that's on a tray that someone else has already had at a revenant bar. Whew. I know. I mean, talk about don't get the me started. Horror <laughs> element in this episode. That was right up there with some of the gross stuff. Yes, very good point. Uh, <laughs> that's pre-COVID. Like now, I'm like, Ee. oh. Uh, Willa confronts Winona about shooting daddy and like keeping all these secrets from her. And um, I know I'm overanalyzing the situation now, but Willa says, maybe he deserved it. He told me I had nothing to worry about to just stay calm. He knew the attack was coming, Winona. And it's just like, yeah, that's Ward. Yeah, the whole situation. What a dick. (laughs) God. And again, that'll that'll play out later too. Put a pin in that. And then an under talked about shot um, camera wise and just like special effects wise is when Willa, like one of the revs walks by Willa and Wave uh, Winona, and he calls them whores. And just as Willa's like about to grab Peacemaker to shoot him the butt of the gun glows where it says Erp and like the camera like pans in on that. That was a super sweet shot. I don't remember. Like I remember some of the really cool ones, like when doc sees his face in, um, is it his flask or his gun? And like, you know, some of those other really cool like shots that you see like detail wise, but this one really struck me this time. I was like, that's sweet. And she, it she pulled it out so naturally oh, and yeah. so fluidly. And she stood there strong to fire it. I mean, talk about giving us all the visual of, oh, yeah, she's the heir. Yeah. Like there can be two heirs because mm-hmm. you've both got what it takes, right? Yep. Yeah. And she, she, takes, she takes the gun. She takes the shot. And then this time we have Wynonna saying, like, what are you doing? They're real people here. Like the re- basically what dolls has been telling her all this time in situations like this um and she's like give me my gun and willa says you mean my gun hmm. shouldn't have said that willa that's that too much <laughs> we're not making friends right now willa nope no. but she's not wrong either no. no yeah and then we get the good old-fashioned fight scene but this time someone's recording it on their iphone just like you can't get away with anything these days. People are going to be recording. No, no, no. no. Cameras but everywhere. Willow wouldn't know she was in a cult. So we can do yep. Then we're back at the homestead. Actually, if I can jump in for a second. You can jump in whenever you want to jump in. <laughs> As they make their escape mm-hmm. out the back door, jump in Waverly's Jeep, and we see it drive off. Mm. Um, some folks will appreciate knowing that 
alley. Yeah. Where we see them pulling away from. We're going to see that alley again come the finale when we get the uh, group of folks that have surrounded Winona. And when Nedley steps up to tell them, you know, it's our fault. Winona is like she is. Oh, I was wondering if that was the same alley. Yeah. Take a look. Take a look when we get there in a couple of episodes. I think you'll recognize that. Also, as the Jeep is pulling away from back of that building to that street and then beyond, that corner right there to the right, when you turn that corner, that's the wall. Is it? Yes. I was wondering what else is in that area. And I was wondering if that that alley was for anything else later, like later, later on too. It might be. We probably were going to have to pay some close attention again. It's right there in Didsbury. I mean, when, it's, when we were on our set tour, we walked it from the other side down towards that side. And that's, you know, but it's just uh, kind of spooky to see it from a slightly different angle and realize what's, you know, other key things are going to come into play there. Cool. Well, I'm glad yeah. you, I'm glad you interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and just back of the homestead, we get this flip-flop where we, where Will is the one asking, like, what am I missing? I, why are you mad at me? I shot the Rev. Like, that's our job. We're Earps. And Dolls is giving her the talk about how dangerous it is in front of um, civilians and then what it could mean for purgatory, like, boom, explosion. Um, and when is like, it's okay. I mean, I made the same mistake. <laughs> <laughs> been there can, done that got the yeah, t-shirt she, she can relate right she's like mm. oh heck yeah it's like god don't you herbs ever learn god i gotta have the same talk with this one too yeah man that's how you know they're both herbs yeah and then you know we've kind of had this like feeling that will is like maybe a little snotty but then she really gets under my skin because she tries to get Winona to kind of be against dolls here where she's like this whole whose side are you on I thought I was the one who was brainwashed and Waverly is just sitting in the kitchen this whole time hearing it all and just kind of feeling torn like what's going on I've got my sisters (laughs) who my whose side am I on here we united what's going on and we're really getting another example and we'll get a lot more of it when we get some of the backstories when they were kids is Willow, when she, when her switch goes off, whether drinking or not, man, she is cruel, downright Mm -hmm. cruel. Yeah. And that's what, I think that's what we're seeing. That's certainly one of the takeaways on this rewatch is, you know, yeah, she kind of like Winona, she went through hell obviously, but man, when she gets going, it's all about her dropping exactly what she thinks. Yeah. She's got a real mean streak in her. Mm-hmm. And when when Winona storms out and Willa goes after her, she finds her in the barn again. We get now we get this different Earp sister moment. So I have to ask you: Does this Earp sister moment hit you the same way? No. <laughs> the OG it's Willa. Earp sisters. <laughs> it's Willa. End of discussion. <laughs> you just I don't know. You have to be real clear when you say Earp sisters. There are more than one sister now, Kevin. I I understand. All I can say is we will get past this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to just the OGs. <laughs> but I remember too early on. You know, the first time through, this is when you're also realizing there is a real real bond between these two um and, and they were close and also you know you kind of had that hope that once you got past maybe past some of the difficult points as they're figuring out who's who and all that it could have got to a good place 
But once we then saw that it didn't, when you go back and watch it, you just like, oh, here's another example, you know, because this whole scene, while the two of them, you can see, uh, even I think Willow says we're two peas, you know, two peas in a pod idea. We get poor Waverly coming in and overhearing it. And God, that's got to be a killer to her in terms of her now realizing someone else has taken Winona away from her to a certain degree. Right. And Emily talks about it in the postmortem too, where she's like, you know, Willa and Winona were closer in age and Mm. they did have a a longer period of time together before, Mm -hmm. you know, she was gone where Waverly was, was just little. So her memories, she doesn't have as many memories because she didn't spend as much time with her. And also the memories that she does have of her aren't all that great. (laughs) You know, they have a different relationship (laughs) as we'll come to find out. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the questions that Bridget asked Emily in the postmortem was, uh, so Willow was back this week and things got a little awkward with the Earp sisters. It really felt like Willow was interrupting the Winona Waverly relationship. We've really grown to love. What will the dynamics between the sisters look like going forward? And Emily says, the sister dynamic is really interesting right now. And it's hard for Winona to be caught between these two girls. At the same time, she's starting to realize she might be losing something that she never thought would be important to her, which is being the heir. It's not super happy fun time at the Herb Homestead, but ultimately family's got to stick together. So we'll figure it out. Or will they? I love when she does that. <laughs> yeah. Or will they? Uh, a master. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, we do get a little bit of sweetness here with Willa apologizing not that I believe her at all. <laughs> I'm glad you made that one fluid sentence. I didn't even have to jump in to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, she's, you know, she's, she's talking about some things and, you know, they're kind of getting in each other's heads. And um, then Willa remembers gummy bears. And it's just like that scene it just amazes me because it's like how this show can make me dislike someone so much. Like I'm really not liking Willa, but then this scene is so tender and it's like, Oh, now I kind of feel bad. You know, I can still see both sides of it. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to, to, shall we say dump on Willa or any, when you've got a character like that, but again, when you got a great performance and, and some great writing, to do just that, as you said, and to, you can totally understand where someone's coming from. You can flip to both sides of, okay, I don't like them, but I get why they're doing what they're doing. But then just as I'm starting to feel bad for her, I see that Waverly walks in and hears this whole baloney. And so then I don't feel bad for her anymore because then I just feel bad for <laughs> Waverly. <laughs> I'm just back on team Waverly. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's got to keep it into perspective. And in the meantime, Bobo, you know, his guys show him the video and in the video he sees, you know, they're like, oh, the Earp, you know, sisters were there and he sees the video and he pauses when he sees that um, it's Willa and his reaction is not what I expected his reaction to be. Like his eyes grow glow red and he's super mad. Why wasn't he happy there? Was he mad or was he just emotional? This is the thing I've wondered going back and looking at this in context of what's going to happen. Is he mad in the sense that now he knows it was Lou that was hiding her? Mm. 
or just emotional that now he's got it. I don't, you know, it's a good question though. Um, but you know, it, maybe retconning it a bit into my head or yeah. it's just Bobo being Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's just a react, like it's like just a reaction. He can't even control like a super emotional reaction that mm-hmm. happens for Revs. I don't know, but I was like, he would know what he would know. It's her when he sees her. I would think. And he but again, it's been, it's been lead. a long time. because Constance, you know, messed with her too. So I, I, but yeah, I would think. So I was, yeah, I was confused about that, but we don't have time to be confused because back at the homestead, some military assassins are showing up and bad news is going to start happening. And uh, that's while that's taking place. while Waverly and dolls are starting to have a, a heart to heart and, you know, dolls is like trying to figure out just how bad Kreiderman is. And he drops another little nugget there where he says, you know, black badge isn't just a job for me. It's more than meets the eye. Yep. Again, yeah. we're getting a little more on dolls too. Um, But yeah, they've got this nice heart to heart and she's like, you know, I'm happy she's back, but I don't really know her. And he says, you know, it's okay if you don't like her, you don't, you don't have to like her. And then he says, you know, no matter how many Willas come back, you know, you're still good at your job. And then he calls her Erp. And she's like, oh, you called me Erp. And he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try not to, try not to make <laughs> a big deal out of it. <laughs> but it is very touching. Again, much like how he kind of reinforced her with Winona before they went into the train thing, too. So to his credit, you know, there's a lot here in this episode, certainly, to make us like dolls more because we've yes. had some issues with him. We're definitely... Pro dolls anti Willa in this episode <laughs> for keeping score. <laughs> if there was any doubt from right. any of the tone of voice we're using, exactly. on any of these discussions. <laughs> I'm sorry if there are any Willa apologists in the audience. <laughs> oh, so yeah. And meanwhile, Willa and uh, Winona are back in the barn when the, the attack starts happening. And they're like, great, nobody knows we're in here. You know, we can get the advantage. And as the shooting starts happening, you know, Dolls goes right into military mode, which was kind of cool to see where he's like flipping tables over and he's covering up the smoke bomb and he's, you know, just yelling orders at Waverly about what to do. <laughs> She's like crawling to the kitchen to get her shotgun, which she just happens to keep under the kitchen table like <laughs> we all do. Uh, <laughs> and uh, as she grabs the shotgun, she says, fuck, which at this point was rare to get it was a Waverly cuss, right? Much less the fuck out of her. Fast forward to season four when we get four or five in a row. (laughs) And uh, we get the great line where she's like, you know, oh, you want to get all up in my kitchen? Eat shit, shit eaters, as she shoots out of the kitchen window. I just love that one. Talk about an all-time classic or blind. Knew it the first time we heard it. Yeah. So good. And and so good also because it comes from Waverly again, like, you yep. know, still very tight with the curses for her. You know, Purgatory's nicest. She's, you know, saying things like fudge nuggets and, you know, practically saying gee willikers, you know, and here we get a fucking eat shit eater, shit eaters. And I just yeah, love when spicy Waverly comes out. I was going to say when she gets spicy when she gets mad much like when we first met her when she walked in on Winona and champ and she will she picks up that shotgun 
he's going to use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is also very interesting, too, because much later when we hear her say, you know, I don't know what will happen when I get very mad. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't see her very mad until much later. Like, yeah, this is just I a guess. little mad. That's <laughs> right. Just a little teeny bit. Oh, so, and then we get the great scene where Winona and Willa come. As much as I don't like Willa, it was a badass scene when they come busting out of the barn with. Oh, yeah. The machine guns and the music. And it's just like a blaze of glory. Yep. Taking out the mercenaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tough chicks. Waverly gets a little bit shot. Just a little bit. A little bit. Bridget asks Emily about the scene. And she says, we know you said no members of Way Hot die this season, but we did see Waverly get shot. So clearly they aren't immune to being in danger. And Emily said, oh, no. This is just the tip of the iceberg. To be clear, they are mortal, and this is all a precarious situation, but they are both alive at the end of the season 100%. And again, I I appreciate that she went out of her way to let the viewers know that Way Hot wasn't going to be killed. Yes. And that yes, they were okay. they were safe. Things could happen to them as we will see. Um, And, you know, she makes no bones about that, but that neither one of them were going to die, which is bold to do to give away a spoiler like that. Yeah. Several episodes before the end of the season, because of, you know, what was going on at that time with characters. So it, it, yeah, it was, it was a beautiful thing though. And I think it's, I think it's, it's bold. And I think it's something that other writers could, easily do maybe not easily because emily's a master you can still be scared and not have people die like even though we know they're not going to die you still feel like oh my god that you're so wrapped up in the story you're like oh my god they could die like you're not thinking about oh but she said they weren't going to die you know what i mean emotionally you feel it yeah you feel it you're in it and you're like oh my god this is it Mm -hmm. even though we know it's not it (laughs) (laughs) uh so um waverly's a little bit shot she's it's it's just a graze she's gonna be fine doll stays with her as um winona and willa go off after the assassins and one of the shooters grabs willa and he's about to shoot her and who shows up but bobo he does his magic metal swiping thing gets the gun away from the bad guy and then he smashes his head in with a rock like i don't understand why he didn't just use the gun because he probably could have kept his coat a lot cleaner if he just shot him with the gun um but the point here is that he saves willa which didn't again made no sense (laughs) made no sense not at this point anyway just being like what the heck is going on yeah (laughs) clearly went out of his way to save her not just like get her out of harm's way like save mm-hmm. the day and Winona shows up and she's clearly not thinking that this is something that could happen either because she just sees Bobo in the vicinity and thinks oh great Willa's in danger points peacemaker at him and then Willa shoves Winona out of the way saving Bobo yeah so yeah. It's, my mind is just blown because why are they saving each other 
<laughs> what is happening? Why don't Thank you. I'm That's what we were all were saying at the end of this episode. Like, I don't understand what's going on. What do we miss? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's and when I was like, what are you doing? Like, I had him in my sights. She, you know, as she's about mm-hmm. to shoot at him and and Willa pushes her out of the way. So she just grazes him like she gets him, but not between the eyes. So nothing's going to happen to him. And back in the kitchen, we now have Wave, uh, Winona. She's patching up Waverly. Nice Earth Sister moment here. It's tender. Yes. She's tender, putting some caring salve on the gauze. It's not coconut oil. It's just your regular <laughs> Neosporin, um, as normal people use. And as she's patching it up, Waverly says, Do you think it'll scar? And Winona says, dudes dig scars. And Waverly says, do chicks. We've heard that one over and over again. And we see Winona give this slight look of acknowledgement, right? Like, did she, what, what's happening here? Did she? Oh, she's so close to getting it. So close. It's just this, like, they exchange a look. The way Waverly mm-hmm. says it, like sheepishly, but Waverly's come on, trying, man. I know to bite it. What I'm putting down, <laughs> just um. And I love everything about how Emily talks about this scene and this development in her postmortem with Bridget. There's too much to read about this one, so go read it. You will yeah. be sorry. Um, she Absolutely. talks about this relationship being a little duckling of a relationship, and it's. It's just all very sweet and very much appreciated. But yeah, this scene, this is, I don't know, one of my top 20. Oh, it is. Yes, 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 yes. yes. It's just iconic. Iconic. It turns out the assassins were sent for dolls by Kreiderman. We knew he was a bad guy when he was back in his office being mean to Winona, but we did not know he was this bad. Mm -hmm. He's giving us plenty of examples to confirm it. Yeah. Uh, Willa Bussin, she wants to know everything about Bobo Del Rey. Like, why did this guy save me? What's going on? Maybe she's got this in the back of her head. Like, there's more to it. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And then we see the pink Lincoln rolling up again. It's not doing so well. Uh, breaks down again. But we see Doc get clunked in the head by we don't know who and dragged away by someone. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're left. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. <laughs> I mean, it's like a, it's like a, a multi-layered cliffhanger. Cause it's like, okay, the big obvious cliffhanger is who just knocked out doc. What, where are they taking him? Right. Right. But then you've got right before that, tell me everything about Bobo Del Rey. Did Winona catch that Waverly's into chicks? What? <laughs> it's just like, what? What? It's episode 11. What? I also think to point it out, it's interesting going back to when Winona and Willa came into the house after they you know, busted out of the barn, shot up a bunch of the mercenaries. And then Waverly's mentions being a little shot. Willa wants to run off to go after them right away and mm-hmm. Winona's the no wait you know because she wants to protect Waverly see what's going on with Waverly and we're going to have that similar thing happen once we get to the finale mm-hmm. 
I was oh, just going to say that in the stair, like in the hallway when she's yes. like, no, this is Waverly. And Willow's is like, yes. I don't give a shit. We got to do this other stuff. And Wayne yep. was like, no, so, Waverly is priority number one. <laughs> so definitely them of the Herb sisters stuff and talking about getting cemented right here. It's just especially on coming back again to watch it. You just realize it going there. Here's the thing. Willa never understood the assignment. The assignment is Waverly is always the number one priority. Very well put in. Could have said it better myself. Memo, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, as we're going to come to see. Yes, that is very true. Uh, yeah, some um, some of the takeaways from the behind the scenes for this week. Um, Emily mentions that she was inspired by the stories of like hearing all these things in the news about you know, women going missing and then being found years later. Um, and she had referenced like the Elizabeth Smart story. So I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting that here we hear, you know, in this multi-layered world of of fantasy and, and folklore, this element of like the real world that she pulled in that inspired her to do like the cult storyline. That was really an interesting takeaway. Um Again, that the twist with Willa coming back was planned from the very beginning. And I love the look on her face when she yeah. mentions that. She enjoyed that one. So satisfied <laughs> with herself. Yes, and she should be, but I'm just, I appreciate that. You know, when you do something and you do it well and it comes across uh, so, so well, she's, she definitely is entitled to it, but I got a mm-hmm. kick out of that. I think, I think it was Emily in the BTS uh, said, Willa was bred to be the herb heir, which I thought was a really interesting way to put that. So, mm. Yeah. I mean, she's the firstborn and they already, you know, she came into the world with her family, knowing that there was a curse. And as the firstborn, that, that would have been her, her responsibility. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also she, she just talks about how, Waverly is more wary and even possibly sees things the other characters don't see when talking about Willa. Yeah, because I certainly feel like when you look at some of her interactions, part of it in my head is like, oh, she remembers how mean Willa was, you know, and so she's reacting to that. But actually, as you just pointed out, the other part is she just has a good sense of people. And she's going to say it several times. I mean, she said it to Doc early in the season, you know, uh, but that's a great example of where even with all this crazy stuff going on, she still has that sense of being able to read folks. Right. Another small, interesting uh, little bit of uh, trivia or interesting for folks. Um, when the mercenary types were in their car before they, you know, went after everybody, mm-hmm. um, the, what appears to be the leader mentions how, you know, it'll leave no witnesses or whatever, just a couple of quick lines. Right. Um, that is the show's stunt coordinator, Steve McMichael, oh. who plays that, which we will see him in some of the behind the scenes stuff, uh, you know, coming up throughout the seasons. Uh, but he's a very well respected stunt coordinator. I think Emily mentions he's worked on some other very high profile projects too. So got a chance to meet him on our set visit too. So very interesting guy. Cool. Yeah. And, you know, this is episode 11 and you know the the unique thing about season one is that there are 13 episodes versus the 12 that that follow for the the remaining seasons so 
thank goodness, because (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we find out, you know, many times throughout the series that the show is very capable of wrapping things up. Like just when you feel like there's no way they're going to wrap this up in 20 minutes, (laughs) they clearly can, because especially in season four, we saw it. (laughs) We saw it happen. I <laughs> didn't think that was possible. But yeah, so it's like to get a little more time to like have some of this foundational storyline play out in the way that it's going to play out for the next few episodes. It's, it's really, yeah, foundational to what's going to come and remain through the rest of the series. Oh, yes. I'm getting very excited, certainly, these last two. We've got so much plot stuff that's going to happen and so much emotional stuff with it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it just never gets old. Just never, never gets old. And, again, we're, as we're recording this, we're 40 days away from from Urpapalooza, one of the first cons back. So, yeah, my my excitement is, is rejuvenated. Uh, to be able to talk with more people and see more people and talk about this crazy show that we love so much. Yeah, it's going to be pretty epic. If you want to leave us a line, uh, you can do that by emailing us at herbologypodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on our website where you could leave a voicemail and find some other things to interact with us um, on at herbologypodcast.com. And you can find us on Twitter at herbology underscore pod. And we greatly appreciate all of you that do reach out or comment on the episodes or ideas. Again, it's, it's exciting when we see we've got some feedback from the listeners, folks. So please keep it coming. Yeah, we appreciate it. We love hearing from you. And um, we'll see you next week. Yeah, have some fun. And we're building up to the big stuff here at the end of season one. Can't wait. <laughs> all right. We'll see you later. Bye. Take care, all. <laughs>